Part two, I almost wish this was part one. actually think that this part of the show helps somebody understand the entire story of the Pendragon cult and Mark Richards and what really happened. Because it's sort of like self-explanatory. The first part is... Uh, Jeff and Kevin and I going over a PowerPoint presentation. It's, it's mainly a better better thing to view if you if you're already familiar with the case. And there are there is an audience out there that is familiar with Captain Mark Richards because uh, Captain Mark Richards is known for being a secret space program hero. Uh, he well. How that happened is quite interesting, and we will get to that in just a moment. Um, but he was promoted through a YouTube channel. Primarily, it was YouTube in the beginning. She might be very hard to find on YouTube now because she's been taken down, but it was Project Camelot with Carrie Cassidy. And Carrie Cassidy did these videos where she allegedly went in to meet with Mark Richards at the prison, wasn't able to bring a notebook or anything, had to remember what he said to her by memory, and she would come out in front of a camera and retell his story of how he was in the secret space program, which involves reptilians and, you know, a spaceship that only allows him to fly it, and this whole whole genre. He's he's the pinnacle in some ways of an entire genre of YouTube that believes that uh, in Draco Reptilians and a super soldier program where there are underground bases and people that are augmented psychic soldiers and it crosses over this entire folklore. folklore. And uh, come to find out there is a huge true crime background to Captain Mark Richards and what really took place. And uh, before I do play the live stream, the recording of the live stream that I did with uh, Kevin and Jeff Reed back at the uh, towards the end of June. We did the live stream. It was a three-hour live stream with a lot of information in it. And then uh, Kevin Moore took the, the footage that we did th that night and redid it and reformatted it on his channel. And uh, I'm actually mirroring that version of it over my version because I thought it would be different to have a different version here. He added different graphics and everything, and uh, it looks a little bit different. And so I thought, ah, well, let me let me show this on on Anchor, and on Spotify, and Podbean, and Apple Podcasts, and everything else. So before I get into this, though, because I want to read you a little bit of the background 
of uh, of of the real story, so you kind of get an overview of what you're looking at here. You're not you won't be. I, I like to think of of maybe you found this story. Uh, I don't know. You were googling something and you went pen pen dragon cult. What is that? And I, uh, you know, before you want to listen to the rest of it, you want to know what's going on. So I want to give it to you in a nutshell of, of what took place. Okay, so this is a, a website here. It's, it's the Cult Education Institute. And they did a write up uh, about the um, about this case. The, the uh, court restores murder conviction of man and Marin, Marin Pendragon cult. Uh, this was uh, KTVU and Bay City News, California, January 6, 2009. All right. San Francisco, a federal appeals court Tuesday, reinstated the murder conviction of a man who was caught up in a cult conspiracy known as Pendragon that aimed at a paramilitary takeover of Marin County in 1982. The 9th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco reversed a decision in which a federal judge in 2007 overturned the 1984 Marin County Superior Court conviction of Cross and Hoover, 43, for the crime of an antique car restorer, Richard Baldwin of San Rafael. Rafael. I always say that wrong, and I should know better because I'm a Californian. San Rafael. All right, not Raphael. Uh, Hoover, who was 17 when he killed Baldwin, 39, by hitting him with a baseball bat and stabbing him with a screwdriver and chisel July 6, 1982, allegedly at the direction of his employer, contractor, and Pendragon leader, Mark Richards. Prosecutors said the purpose of the crime was to obtain several thousand dollars in cash carried by Baldwin. Hoover was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. Richards was separately convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole. The Pendragon cult sought a, a paramilitary takeover of Marin County and a creation of a modern-day Camelot with Richards as King Arthur and his teenage workers as knights, according to the court rulings. Richards allegedly promoted plans and meetings with his workers to take over Marin County by destroying the Golden State, the Golden Gate Bridge and Rich, Richmond San Rafael bridges and placing a laser gun on top of Mount Tamalpais. I might have said that wrong. Hoover took his case to the federal courts after losing appeals in the state court system. U.S. Magistrate Judge James Larson overturned the conviction in 2007 because of a faulty jury instruction on insanity and alleged prosecution manipulation of evidence given to court-appointed psychiatrists. So this was a big deal back then. And also it involved Dungeons and Dragons. So it was one of the first uh, Dungeons and Dragons type type of cases as well. Uh, Mark Richards was a cult leader like Charles Manson. He inspired the other people to do the killing for him. And of course, there was this spiritual aspect to it. 
I think this is very interesting too. One fact that I think is interesting is that Carrie Cassidy from Project Camelot also has a Camelot theme to her channel. And she has even admitted publicly that she believes that she is Guinevere reincarnated. So with further ado, I am going to start the live stream. Before I go, I do want to say that uh, Not My Rabbit Hole is sponsored by GreatHempDeals.com. Uh, please do visit uh, that website and you will receive a 5% discount on all CBD BioCare products. My favorite are my, my new favorite product that CBD BioCare has now is the CBD coffee pods. Mm -mm, good. <laughs> also, uh, I love the CBD pet care products and also the CBD oil and the roll-on is just really fantastic. We have specials going on all the time, but if you go to my site, you definitely get a 5% discount. And that is one way that you can help support the show. All right. With further ado, I shall play part two. Yes. All right. Yes. I have a question, Kevin, about uh, what happened with the relationship between uh, Mark Richards and Carrie Cassidy. There's been some. Has there been a split? Yes, there has a little bit, but maybe it's not as bad as we think. But because she's a Trump supporter and still believes that Trump's in power in the background, uh, obviously Mark is not uh, that type of supporter at all, nor nor is Joanne. Um, so there's been that distancing a little bit. But I think with the next interview coming out, uh, and uh, yeah, maybe um, she's called for help at a time in need when I'm getting closer to this completion, which is, we're still a way off. I don't want to say when this is going to be ready right now, but because um, it's every day, it's every day right now. Okay. Um, and it's been that way for a while. Uh, but uh, yes, there is a, there has been that split due to the political um, disagreements. Okay. And I want to play uh, there. I, I, there's a portion of your sure. interview that I'd like to play. Absolutely. Um, yeah. it, you're welcome. You want to stick around and make comments yes, on that? Too? I'd like to. Okay. Yes, thank you. All right. So let me let me pull that up, and I, I'm going to I'm going to start it about the 48 mark. Yep. Uh, in the video, and let it go in that one little stream up into the um, the district attorney speaking, because uh, I think that uh, is okay. So, and then your guests that you have had on. Do you want to give a little plug for them? Yeah, they were from a, a podcast called uh, Skeptic Psychic, and that was Richard and Kimber, their brother and sister. And um, they had, like I said earlier on in this interview, had just interviewed Joanne not too long ago, and um, they kindly agreed to uh, hear my side of the the different side of the story. And that's that's my goal right now is getting myself on other shows that Joanne's been on uh, to give the opposing opinion. What I like about uh, this particular show is this part, you really describe everything really well. <coughs> Great overview. And so that's really, uh, again, why I want to play it. And then also the uh, Cross and Hoover confession. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's crazy. Okay, so yeah. let us, let me make sure I just did this. And right. I just want to say, I've interviewed Cross and Hoover for many, many months. He, he's on the docu-series. I do like Crossy. He has gone through a lot of change. You know, he's 17 in this clip. This is not the Crossy we know right now. 
And, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let, I'll so let it speak let for itself. Well, that wise man did say that. But that but then when you've got when you've got factual court documentation, when you've re-interviewed all the people involved in the crime. So let me just set this up and I'll go back to that. That's a good point. So and I'm gonna miss bits out here because this is not the docuseries. This is just me, you know, off the top of my head, right? So um Mark Richards in nineteen eighty two um influenced a 17-year-old called Crossin Hoover and Andrew Campbell to take part in the murder of his friend, Richard Baldwin. Okay. Mark and Richard were good friends. Um, Mr. Baldwin had been at uh, Mark's uh, wedding. They, um, they kicked around, you know, as friends. Um, they knew each other, right? I mean, they, they were, they, I mean, Mr. Baldwin, I wouldn't say had a best friend, but Mark was a friend. Okay. And Mark was running a construction business. Now, Kerry and Joanne will say the construction business was successful. He was, he had money tucked away and all that kind of stuff because she mentioned it on your show, right? No, it was not successful at all. Um, we've interviewed Mark's uh, brother-in-law, Joe. Joe uh, has stated, and it's his testimony, and it's the same testimony in the court case, right, that um, obviously Mark uh, stole uh, Joe's contracting license. And, um, you know, Joe would get phone calls uh, at some point in time uh, to say, you know, you've done a terrible job. You know, we, you know, whatever the issue was with the job, you know, they wanted their money back. So he actually stole his brother's contracting license. Mark Richards um, was involved in a car insurance um fraud involving uh reporting the theft of lost cars back uh in the i want to say uh 1973 and if i'm off with years here we're creating a master timeline because joanne's never seen the master timeline of what mark says to compare to what really happened you know in reality and um at the time of that court case um his lawyer was a guy called uh, Carl Shapiro. Carl Shapiro would later be his lawyer in 1982 for his murder case, along with another lawyer as well. So Carl Shapiro got him off that um, that uh, case, that um, um, you know the charges. But we actually met and traced down Mike Peck, which was someone who did do some time for that insurance fraud, and he was Mark's good friend. And he was part of that insurance ring. There are other people that we're going to try to speak to for that insurance ring. Um, but, you know, um, Mike's testimony was uh, pretty damning, to be honest. I mean, he felt that Mark should have gone down. He took the hit for it. And he trusted Mark that he wasn't going to, you know, rat on him, basically. Um, and and he did, um, which, you know, this happens all the time. Um, but, that, but this is the early career of Mark as well. And Mark, um, Mark was always made to feel very special by his mother mark was uh someone who um well he 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 was his friends to talk about him uh in the interviews that we've done that you know uh mark was uh, the old one out in a sense the goofy one a little bit as well but there's more to it than that right i'm just going to paraphrase here right so um in 1982 um he's got a failing contracting business um He's taken out two mortgages against his home. 
he's not people saw the degradation of mark mentally uh people that knew him back in the day even his neighbors that that, we, that have been interviewed by us um they well not by us should i say we've got some third party content because there was um back in the day maybe 10 15 years ago there was a student project where these students covered the murder case because they were family members knew richard Baldwin back in the day and for their film project at uh, i think it was high school um they actually interviewed some of the legacy people in this case that are no longer with us and they've they've signed over that footage which is wonderful and you hear the next door neighbor saying that we saw the mental degradation of mark richards at this time he was not acting right many people have said that to us in the interviews that we've done with them we've done over 23 people um, interviewed over 23 people, uh, including Russ Blam, who was uh, his friend back in the day, uh, who in 1977, they set up uh, to, to, you know, to film, um, to make a film. Mark, you know, Joanne talks about Mark being a filmmaker. It was Russ Blam who was the filmmaker. Russ Blam was about Mark being a filmmaker. It was Russ Blam who was the filmmaker. Russ Blam was the filmmaker, not not Mark Richards, right? <laughs> and um, um, he got, his interviews are extensive and um, he goes into so much detail about the projects, including something called Future School, which they set up as well. You know, we've actually got the incorporated articles for the non-for-profit Future School that they set up. It shows Mark witnessing his signature, you know, in front of the um, the the whoever this is, you know, um, the account, the, the notary, I guess it is. And, you know, it show, it, we've got so many ways to show that he was on planet, right? He was not off planet, absolutely not. And, um, you know, like um, Mark's... Um, ex-wife karen which you know joan will say you cannot trust these people they knew nothing about his time in the secret space program well that's just you know tell me that's you know just give me something say something to me that, that you know that that's how can that be shared reality that you don't know what your husband's doing she knew what her husband was doing like i said even uh you know when we're uh i've talked with a couple of military wives they know that their husband is uh, on board ship or uh, in the military, they just because of the uh, classifications, they don't know where their husband. You know, my husband's in the military. Uh, okay, well, you know. Yeah. Well, what we've got here as well is obviously he's saying that he was in the military, and I'm sorry if I get some of this wrong, but at the age of uh, thirteen. Now, what would you say to that? Age thirteen in the military uh, is there as you. Maybe, there's only one recorded uh, person during World War II being age 13. Well, there Civil War, there's actually a little boy who was eight. Uh, but it, he uh, basically, it's kind of a little bit of an odd thing. I mean, the little eight-year-old was a drummer boy. The 15-year-old uh, boy had lied uh, on, on his uh, paperwork saying, yes, I'm 18 years old. So, well, we're also going to put some of Mark's timeline on the screen as well. We'll, we'll. we'll share that and maybe we can go into some sort of order. But just to talk about what ha what this is about, you know, in its context, because there's so much to this. In 1982, um, Cross and Hoover uh, was was hired by Mark. 17 year old Crossy was hired by Mark um, to work on his contracting company to do the jobs they were doing. And so was Andrew Campbell. Previously to Andrew Campbell, there was a guy called Willie Robes. And Willie Robes was the first person that was uh, asked by Mark to murder his friend, Richard Baldwin. Uh, Willie didn't want nothing to do with it. And unfortunately, he hired uh, or shall I say, introduced Crossing Hoover to Mark um, because he knew that um, 
well, he just wanted out of Pendragon, right? Which was the cult that Marcus set up. And we'll get into Pendragon in just a moment. And um, Willie actually uh, joined the Navy at, at the time. Um, and he got out that way. Now, Cross and Hoover actually went down with Willie to join the, the Navy, I believe. And uh, he wasn't allowed to join because he didn't pass the, um, the test at the time, whatever practical, you know, theoretical test it was. Do you know what I mean? He just was he wasn't, a, you know, he wasn't uh, he had learning difficulties. Crossy did. What Mark actually did was uh, play on Cross's uh, weaknesses, how he hated uh, faggots, as he called them, pedophiles and scum of the earth. He, he would get into Cross's mind. And because uh, I've interviewed Crossy for three months, who's Mark's crime partner now, you'd call it. He's in an, a, an opposing uh, prison. He got 25 to life, his sentence was, and he's still not got out now because I don't feel he's been ready, but he, he might be getting there, right? And in that three-month uh, you know, testimony over recorded lines, his testimony never changed from the day that he was arrested at 17 in 1982. So what happened was um, they, they, there were Pendragon meetings and we believe that these meetings were ways to just make sure that he got the most susceptible, you know, kids that would actually, you know, maybe be ones that he could manipulate. And it wasn't so much Andrew. It was Crossy that was the real, real one that was able to be manipulated. And on July 6, 1982, Mark was doing a job at Mr. Baldwin's house Um. And there was a chap there called Tom Mills, who uh, was with his uh, stepchild at the time. And Tom Mills placed Crossing Hoover, Andrew Campbell at the Mr. Bomber's apartment. That all came out in court. And skipping through a few things here, right, which will come out in the docuseries or maybe we'll talk about. Um, they went for lunch and it was placed upon the two boys then that this is it. This is the day. This is we're doing this after lunch. Dick is going to die. D uh, um, Dick is a, a, a pedophile um, or he no. Dick is. Well, he had actually, you know, said a lot, of, a lot of bad things about Dick leading up to the murder just to get, you know, to coax them in. You know, and then the deal was made that there would be they would be paid uh, for the deed. Uh, he would split the assets of Mr. Baldwin with the boys and, um, you know, they would get the guns that they needed to start their um cult which would be the succession of or the takeover of marin county at the time he was planning to take over marin county now joanne denies all that and of course mark denies it but in the 1982 court trial where over 21,000 pieces of evidence plus were put into uh, the trial um maybe not all that they collected that that amount plus but ha you know that there was maybe not all that amount that that actually you know was shown to the jurors because there was just so much right um, yeah, that that was, you know, part of the plan. But obviously that plan was just a load of nonsense because it was really just to get his, you know, to get rid of Dick. And whether Dick had, and I called Richard Baldwin Dick because that was his name at the time, that's short, you know, whether, whether Dick was, uh, had pissed Mark off to the point where you don't piss him off, you know, you're, you know, you're dead if you, you, you get to that level. Do you know what I mean? Mark's so, so vindictive that, you know, whatever whatever argument that they had he was dead right but you know on the front of it you know he's having a great time pretending to you know do his um work on the dick's property on that day so when they get back from lunch tom was leaving then uh then it was the three of them and they got mr Baldwin to take them down to mr Baldwin's classic car restoration shop by 
Crossy asking to want to see some of Mr. Baldwin's classic cars. Okay, so there's anything just from that point that you want to ask, please do. All right. My, my uh, question was that, you know, uh, we're uh, talking about this uh, big cult, uh, which you said it was the pin, uh, pin, pin dragon. dragon whenever, yeah. I th- whenever I think of pin dragon, I think of uh, Uther, uh, the, the father of, uh, of Arthur, uh, the king of the Britons. I mean, even uh, King Arthur did not consider himself a pin dragon. It was his father's name, but he was... Uh, up until you know he became king, he rarely used the name uh, Pendrag. It was usually you know Arthur, you know of Britain, that sort of thing. It was you know later historians that actually compared him to uh, uh, to the. Uh, well, just to let you know, Mark was. We're going to get into Pendragon in the docu series, but Mark was obsessed with the uh, Camelot, King Arthur. He was obsessed with it. And even when we went to the next door neighbor's garden of Mark's current old house, where Joanne was before she went to um, Oregon, uh, the neighbors showed us some of Mark's old castles. One was in their house. And then one we could see from a distance because the, the guy knew where it was, was in the garden, just, just in the back of the garden. So he pointed to it. And it was crazy to see, you know, and he had a, he had a, a, a room that his mum had made as well um, called Tiny Town, which was a... Um, a sort of, you know, I guess like a a Camelot-themed room. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. this was something that he was obsessed with. He loved, um, you know, the the whole Camelot thing, which is kind of, you know, strange. Well, I've I've met several people who claim themselves to be uh, Merlin. Oh, don't they all? (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) We're all Merlin. Yeah, we're all aspects of that soul. Yeah, I know. Who knows, right? Who knows? And uh, he, he certainly thought so as well. I mean, uh, this is, um, well, I'll just show you. This is volume one of one of the books he was writing at the time. Um, he, he, there was a seven volumes of this that the police took away. This is Imperial Marine book one, which Joanne's published. And there was much more than that. And in the other volumes, it talked about the takeover of Marin County. It just didn't say it in here. Whether she releases um, the other seven books, I, I, I doubt it. I mean, I'm not sure how much of a bestseller the right. first was, right? Now, the, the other uh, also question I would possibly ask, uh, and now it's just because uh, Joanne did bring it up, the E.T. Uh, uh, side of this uh, murder story, I mean, that is one of the most uh, compelling things about that, the fact of, you know, oh, yeah, well, he was actually uh, doing this, oh, uh, wait a minute, he was doing this all because he had the top secret clearance and he was uh, off uh, doing space things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, the Andrew's testimony and uh, many other testimonies, you know, um, he was there. He was there. You know, um, what Joanne's been told by Mark is that, uh, you know, Andrew's a CIA or maybe she would term it new world order has new world order connections in the family. So does uh, Crossy. I mean, what, Fucking nonsense, right? Excuse my French, and this is supposed to be PG. But when you meet these people, New World, what would they? That's what they would say. You know, it took ages to track Andrew down. Even to this day, he's affected by what he did. When people find out locally what he did, or friends find out, somehow it just destroys the life that he's built up. He got away with it with uh, giving uh, state testimony. So. They take Mr. Baldwin. So, so Andrew stays at the house. His orders are to ransack the house. Crossy and uh, Mark head in the 
truck of i guess mark's truck maybe uh to the garage and then the murder takes place there with uh, uh mark standing in the corner or just no let's just say six foot away giving the signal to crossy and then crossy um attacks him with a baseball bat Baldwin's last mumbling words sorry were you know why are you having this done mark why and then obviously crossy uh, was handed a screwdriver by um mark and then crossy stabbed him to death um numerous times and um that was the sad tragic ending of mr Baldwin, and the pain that he must have gone through with those stabbing and the and and the bloody bat and everything else that crossy don't remember because he was just out of his bloody mind when he was doing it right uh, and the you know I, that when they came back, so they wrapped the body up there, and they came back and uh, to the house, and uh, Andrew came to the front door, something like that, and uh, you know, and they said, "Is it done?" And they could, t- and just Mark was said it was bloody disgusting, and you know, you know, God knows what state they were in blood wise, but they've cleaned a lot of it off, but I'm sure there's splatter on them. Crossy lost the plot at that point of the house, you know, he's just on a bike, just riding outside just like a child because he's it's mentally he's separating reality at that point so mark uh, is shown by andrew uh, everything that they found at the house including uh, marijuana guns of mr Baldwin and cash then that day they go and buy a boat mark is there he's that that's the, one of the witnesses is the boat buyer mark andrew and uh, crossy are there buying the boat that night, they take, well, that even late evening, they take the boat to the garage, low Mr. Baldwin's body on the boat. Then they go to the uh, marina. At the marina, the security guard identifies them all because the security guard at night sees them all there, asks what they're doing. Now, they ha- all had guns at that moment. And at that moment, uh, I think that had something gone wrong, that man would have lost his life as well. We've just been a- another one added to the boat, right? But he lets them proceed and they put some money through the door, which was money to be given to uh, have the boat there. Say that they're going to go out fishing and um, they uh, then try to dispose of the body. When they first tried to dispose of the body, you know, they couldn't get it to sink. Um, eventually, they tied a um, an outboard motor to the body. But um, as uh, the retired deputy um Edward Barbarian has said, you know, the chain was too long. And as the ties changed and as the gases in the body um, expanded, eventually a week later or somewhere around that time, the body floated up. So for a Navy captain to make such a a trash job, uh, you know, a killer, a trash job of um, disposing of the body, it just it, it doesn't make any sense. It's not it's not true. And at the time when they were disposing the body, Andrew and Mark, in the end, didn't want nothing to do with it when they were banging the body with the, you know, with the oars and stuff to try to get it to go down. Um, uh, it was crossing them that said, you know, I'm going to take care of this. You guys don't want to do it properly. You know, don't, they didn't want to do it, really, because it was so grotesque, you know what I mean? Uh, that Crossy took care of it in the end. And I guess they gave him some ideas with an outboard motor, but it wasn't, you know, to them, it was a detriment because if the body had not floated up, obviously, you know, it would have been more difficult to have you know, for the court to have placed them where they did with the murder. So there's many factors that that place them at the murder. Another factor was um, on the day that they were arrested, uh, Mark had, um, so Mark, Andrew and Campbell uh, knew that the body had 
popped up and um uh, crossy just felt intuitively that it, this is it they're done right he could t- he told me on the phone he could just feel it right and something was going to happen that day so um they had a lot of um mr baldwin's property and items from the murder at the house the, the duct tape that they um wrapped the body up with tie the body up with uh, coaxial cable all all able to be linked you know because the properties of the duct tape as well it was all forensically linked right and that was part of the damning evidence as well was obviously you know when they when as they're pulling out of the driveway this is like a week later uh with the boat behind them and they go well in the truck maybe the boat was behind them right and <laughs> and uh they're going to the dump to get rid of Baldwin's safe pink slips because obviously they 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 took the safe as well Baldwin's safe and everything else and of course you know mark took no responsibility said that crossy just brought it to the house do you know what i mean of course he never and um and actually it was mark that that drilled the the safe and it was keith andrews that confirmed that in the court testimony because he was there when they had just drilled it and it was mark said that we had just drilled it of course so um the, that also you know um connection with the with the with the items in the back of the car was another connection to tie it all down right and um on top of that then um mark had uh, taken mr Baldwin's credit card and uh, cards and opened up um credit accounts to various different establishments across across the san francisco bay area like tvs hi-fis and stuff and in some shops he went to take out credit but they were going to install it so he had to say no and those people brought into the court case as well because um that identify that they, you know, at least Andrew and uh, Crossy, that's uh, Andrew and Mark were were present, you know, at the at the, the buying of that as well. Um, Mark's interrogation, police interrogation, one of the only interrogations he had in 1982, the day of being captured, you know, the day of um, being actually a funny story of him being captured is he actually leapt out the out the car as they were being chased by the cops. And um, <laughs> someone then had to, Crossy then had to grab the steering wheel. It's like a film, do you know what I mean? To, to be able to drive the car and uh, then pulled over. But yes, in his uh, 1982 police interview, he was scared. He was asking for the cops not to leave. He changed his story. Um, he admitted that, he, you know, he, he, in the end that he knew that these boys had done something. Of course, you know, Cross is in the other room singing like a buddy, you know, uh, bird telling them that he murdered him you know and because i've got the original 1982 police tapes of crossy at that 17 year old crying his eyes out telling them what he did i lost affection for everything in the fucking world and in no time flat because i didn't feel anybody was fucking liking me people are jacks they're making me sick i want to fight pete every day every time i come home i give him a sassy attitude all I want to do is fight now. My mind suck it. Set on a fucking death course. I'm getting mean on the inside. I'm getting fucking mean. It's unbelievable. I'm getting fucking mean in hell. This is bullshit. If I you lock me up with Mark. Just lock me up with Mark. I'm not gonna mark Mark with me. You wanna see another murder? Lock me up with that fucking clown. What's old his hand? Crossy, is this the guy that you were working for? Yes, Ma! And he fucking 
You just wanted me. I wanted so much fucking money. I wanted love. It's unbelievable. I wanted everything. That's why I tried. Because I wanted I wanted to make it for myself. Like everybody else does. I wanted to make it for myself. And when you left me here, I thought to myself, why can't I make it like every other fucking person who makes it? You were making it. You were so happy two weeks ago. We yeah, but then when more money came into my fucking eyesight, I fucking snapped. That is about 26 years old. 29, 30, something like that. 30, 30, just kind of broke down. Shit. He's sick, Mom. And I'll, remember when I told you back when I was, when I, when you guys fucking thought I was nuts when I told you about Marin County? Remember that? Remember when I told you, oh, Marin County's gonna fucking go into one of these fucking helter skelter, but nobody would listen to me. Nobody would listen to me. They all thought I was just fucking going off the wall. He's fucking going nuts. He's going nuts. My little sister freaked out with me. Freaked out on me and I fucking drove me nuts. Because I didn't think she fucking cared about me anymore. And they all just fucking... Tapes of Crossy at that 17-year-old crying his eyes out, telling them what he did. I lost affection for everything in the fucking world. In no time flat. Because I didn't feel anybody was fucking liking me. People are jacks. They're making me sick. I want to fight Pete every day. Every time I come home, I give him a sassy attitude. All I want to do is fight now. My mind's sucking. Set on a fucking death course. I'm getting mean on the inside. I'm getting fucking mean. It's unbelievable. I'm getting fucking mean in hell. This is bullshit. If I you lock me up with Mark. Just lock me up with Mark. I'm not gonna mark Mark with you. You wanna see another murder and lock me up with that fucking clown? Watch all his hand. Crossy, is this the guy that you were working for? Yes, Ma! And he fucking he just wanted me. I wanted so much fucking money. I wanted love. It's unbelievable. I wanted everything. That's why I tried. Because I wanted I wanted to make it for myself, like everybody else does. I wanted to make it for myself. And when you left me here, I thought to myself, why can't I make it like every other fucking person who makes it? You were making it. You were so happy two weeks ago. When yeah, we but then when more money came into my fucking eyesight, I fucking snapped. This guy is about 26 years old. 29, 30, something like that. 30. 30. He just kind of broke down. He's sick, Ma. Kind of and remember when I told you back when I was, remember when I, when you guys fucking thought I was nuts when I told you about Marin County? Remember that? Remember when I told you, oh, Marin County's gonna fucking go into one of these fucking helter skelter, but nobody would listen to me. Nobody would listen to me. They all thought I was just fucking going off the wall. He's fucking going nuts. He's going nuts. My little sister freaked out with me. Freaked out on me, and I fucking drove me nuts. Cause I didn't think she fucking cared about me anymore. And they all just fucking just just didn't even exist in my fucking life anymore. So I started paying for myself. Just like anybody else would. And so I turned fucking savage. <laughs> I wanna get Mark back for this. You kept telling us all this shit. I mean fucking fucking realistically and Fucking that other word. What are you telling him? 
Oh, well, we're going to have so much of everything, kids. How oh, is Andrew involved? He was there? He wasn't there when I did this. He was at the house when we, when we went. Andrew, all he did was he was a thief. Mark was a brain, and I was a murderer. Could you elaborate a little bit about, about what, what kind of things Mark told you to get you so um, antagonized like that? Or make you feel the way you feel? And I told him, you know, what kind of type of people I, I don't like. I guess that was a fucking mistake right there. Because everything that I told him, half the, the questions that I said were in, inside of what this guy did. Yeah. So that's just... So he, so he built up a pretty bad picture of what Dick was in your mind, right? I know. Yeah. And I just flipped. How'd you meet Mark? Through a guy named Willie, and he took off to fucking Navy. How long ago? Monday. He left Monday. No, I mean, okay, how long did you meet Mark? I'm sorry. Two months. Three or four months. Fucking damn mother... Oh, where is he? Let me have him for 10 minutes. What is he saying? He's telling lies out his asshole, Mom. The guy has never told the truth to us, so why should he tell the police the truth? He's never told. The people we work for, he never told the truth to. Well, if Andrew wasn't there, he's only an accessory. He's not an accessory, Mom. He helped him touch the guy. He just carried the guy. So he's just like by him. See, Mark... See, money, money, money talks and crime walks. That's all Mark did to us. Because Andrew is just like me. If there's money around, that guy's reading for money just like I am. Because he doesn't have nothing either. So we're all on money. And then when he told us so everybody was money you involved. you two were doing all this little dirty work? He, he was wasn't doing there watching. He was watching the whole time. Handing me screwdrivers, handing me knives. He handed you the knife? And screwdrivers. That's the last. When I hit him in the, well, listen, I, I crushed his head. I hit him once, I stepped back 10 feet. I came back in, hit him about three times. I stepped back again, his hand went back for his back like he was going to get a gun. I stepped over onto his chest. I slammed a fucking screwdriver through. I put a knife up there. I stepped on the knife. The knife crumbled into a billion pieces. I grabbed another regular knife screwdriver. I stuck it through the side of his head, and I stuck one through the side right there in the temple. These people like Joanne, you know, have said they've read all the court transcripts and there's flaws within it all. Some of the flaws that she speaks about are just so crazy. And I, I, I put it to the retired, uh, put it to the retired uh, deputy. Um, actually, um, Julian Salt is in the is in the chat. He just said hi, hi, Julian. Uh, thanks for being here. And do you have any comments that you want to say about that little piece right there, Kevin, that we just played? Other than it's pretty, uh, it's pretty yeah. shocking to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that police interview is just terrible, and just to think how Mr. Baldwin left this planet, and um, you know, I mean, it was the most one of the most horrendous ways to have your life ended, right? And uh, both myself and Jeff agree on a lot of things, especially well, on that, how, that, how disgusting that, that is. Got me rattled, and uh, you know, uh, yeah. For him to prey on these guys. Hi, Julian. Yes, we know you visited hey, the Julian. prison. Yeah, yeah. Julian, yeah. Julian, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Oh, Julian. 
met, met Mark a, a number of uh, times. I mean, Julian Julian knows the story really well as well. Um, so yeah, um, I just want to say one thing as well that, that uh, with the safe, the safe wasn't in the back of Mark's pickup truck. Um, the uh, the wheels and some other parts of the safe may have, w- w- the wheels were definitely there. Um, Crossy had actually dumped the safe just prior, and in the police interview, which the full version's not been released yet, he talks about where he dumped it, and they they I believe they did recover the safe as well as part of the evidence. I, I believe they did, and well, they, um, did. Yeah. they also found uh, the wheels to the safe in yeah. uh, the back of Mark's pickup truck. He changed his story under being interrogated too. When he got caught, when he got caught in his lies and, you know, he said he didn't know anything about it. Crossy just picked it up on the side of the road, brought it home. And they said, well, then why'd we find the wheels to it in your pickup truck? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, his tune. I mean, I mean, like, uh, uh, oh, he wasn't off planet. He was at his mom's house having lunch. Uh, Yeah, he wasn't tied to the murder scene but he was tied to the marina he was id there you know they're just gonna they're just gonna keep on denying and denying and denying because i, yeah. I honestly i don't think that either one of them makes a lot of money off of this well let, have the let's just go there let's just go there you know they have the uh, attention this is well, their d- attention gravy train yeah well well you know obviously joanne's heard um and our followers have heard this now. This this uh, crossing over testimony that's you know that's only just come out to the public, right? And for them to say it means nothing to them, um, well, uh, that's just not the case. I mean, lo- logical people and people with with, with a brain can know that uh, that is a, a a true testimony there, just based. You know, I mean, I've got no, I'm, I'm no psychology degree, but just look, look at his voice. Here, I mean, the, the, sorry, listen to his voice and the, what what he says. It's just uh, obvious that you know he has just been arrested, and you know, and he's here's the thing with Crossy. He's always stuck with his story. He's never changed it. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, Julian. Um, says um, he's a master con man. I have proof in the false degrees. He claims he has four degrees from three countries in five yes. years. Physically impossible as well as claiming to be a Rhodes Island, uh, a Rhodes scholar at Oxford. Yes. Yes. So, so without, uh, you know, I mean, not only did Julian, you know, initially, well, initially fund this, right. But um, he, he gave me the certificates and well, I took pictures of them. He's got all the, his, his stuff. I mean, it was, it was information like that, like that, which was just so useful in, um, you know, looking into the Mark Richards story. Cause obviously Joanne's never going to release those certificates, you know, because they're not true. Um, yeah. I mean, Julian was speaking to, uh, as we've said, um, Mark for a, a long, long while. Yeah. And it was Kerry Cassidy that put me in contact with Julian because she said to me, and it was in, uh, the end of the conversation that we've probably not heard. Uh, that you, have that, you have the whole phone call uploaded on your channel, don't you, Terry? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if she says cool. in there. Does she say in that conversation about going to see Julian? I can't. I can't remember. That's right. And, and yeah. that's right. And yeah. Julian had never. Um, I think Julian is okay for me to say that he'd heard the opposing opinion before and actually uh i don't feel i feel that that joanne 
because Joanne likes to control the conversation. Let's be honest, right? And she controls it all the way through. And she controlled it as well with Julian. You know, I think Julian wanted to get his case re reopened. And I don't think she really wanted him snooping in there and looking at the case. And it was myself that, um, you know, I went to see Julian just after coming back from seeing Jeff and being introduced to all these battlings of the case and everything else. And, um, you know, I think it was a bit of a shock to him to begin with. Uh, because he had put a large portion of his time into, you know, uh, supporting Mark and uh, he was going to financially support him as well. And the only reason that uh, Mark turned him down financially, which was the only good thing he did towards Julian, was he knew that there was no, yeah, there was nowhere no to go chance. for this case. No chance. Right. No chance. Because like, like I've said and like, like the facts say, his lawyers were some of the best that they could get. Exactly. They didn't try to build a defense for him and get him off. They knew he wasn't getting off. They I just saved him from the gas chamber. Well, as Julian says there, you know, on the front of, you know, sort of some of the certificates, they're clearly labels stuck on template degree. That's what I said. Yeah, absolutely. Because he could have took his money. And oh, he, he, he wouldn't have got the money, but the lawyers would. But well, that's what I'm saying. So the lawyers are the only ones I mean, that want paying. Yeah, yeah, I guess there's a little speck of a heart in there somewhere. Well, I didn't want people snooping into his case. He was quite happy, as you've always said, Jeff, to be institutionalized because he, he may not be ready to ever admit to what he did. Well, so you know, I, I only found out tonight about that I own business, and that is not something to move on from. That, that is, is interesting, very, Jeff. That is really interesting. That is very significant. He would only be there if he was a J-cat on heavy-duty wow. psychotic meds. My friend was there, uh, and uh, he was a level three close B status. And you know who was on his cell block? Tex Watson. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I know that. For, I've been to that. Well, that says a lot. They moved my friend from where uh, uh, Mark's at now up to I own to Mule Creek, and that's how I wonder. I, I wonder if he's been if other inmates have said to hey, this guy's suffering more mentally than the rest. He needs help. Do you know what I mean? What delusions was he saying? They, they all are suffering. Well, that. yes, especially, yes, the, yes, yes. especially the ones that are maxed out, like like Richards, you know? And even if that was true, right, and I know I'm not I'm not saying it's not Jeff, but but even if it was, he would still deny it to his wife and she'd still believe him. Just it, like she told just like he's just like he told her the story of the sp of, of the space legs where he went to go see a doctor externally. They took him out because he wasn't well from something some vascular problem with one of his legs. And the doctor was like, Well, if I didn't know better, I'd say you've been into space looking at those legs. And of course, you know, it's believed because that's what the story was told, unless we've got two cons together here and actually joanne is on it and it looks like to me yes she's mentally manipulated because he's the largest manipulator but she may be in on this con as much as he is so julian uh, says he respected me while i was writing to him the minute i spoke out mark kicked me off of the edh board of directors and replaced me with, with gill banks Gillian, yeah jill banks Gillian banks jill is banks. the lady that that um is a, a, a psychic friend but she's also channeled um, Ellis Lloyd Richards, and when she's done the channeling, it's like you're doing great. Of course, you're on the right road. This is keep way. going on this road, Jerry. With my old psychic friend, who I who I think is obsessed with Mark, and he and and had desires on his house. 
And then Carrie is obsessed with Mark. So uh, you want me? I'll, I'll continue on the video too. But sure. um, I noticed that uh, Carrie says that uh, Carrie's Sixth Sense says Carrie's channel is gone and again on YouTube. Uh, well, th there is some. I think someone else is uploading some of her stuff on there right now, but she's gone. Okay. You know, as Jeff would say, she's been kicked off, and actually her following has decreased. She would say it's different. But see, this is why she's stuck on the QAnon stuff right now, because that's where the traffic is right now. I was kind of hoping we could do this show tonight and not mention her. I know. I know. Yeah, you, Yeah. well, that's a good point. Let, let, let's keep the name to that, just to that let's point. Let's County. Okay, let's let's keep going here. I, I'm going to take it up to the to the um, to the um, district attorney because what he says is compelling. Yeah, I, I find that Just that the, puts the nail in the coffin for it. The day, I mean, things like, well, anyone that knew Dick knew that Dick, you know, only wore shorts and the body because I had the autopsy pictures and what she was doing with the autopsy pictures, I don't know. But I had the autopsy pictures, but I gave it to someone so I don't have it anymore. But he was wearing shorts and and so trousers, and everyone knows that Dick doesn't wear trousers i'm like what is mark feeding you to even think that's a, an opposing opinion right or that mark's defense team wasn't allowed access to Baldwin's body that they weren't allowed uh, medical record access to to figure out whether the dna had linked to you know was that the body or not well when you read the actual court transcribes or even the preliminary hearing it talks about they took mark's blood they it, the, the, there was blood, you know, in, enough blood in the body to to verify. Mum verified it. You know, she had to see a dead son in that bloody state, and dental records identified it as well. Um, there's there's so many little things that Joanne says that that I just you know it was embarrassing to have to ask the DA of 42 years who's done over 300 cases, you know, these types of questions. But what do you do? I mean, we've got to represent Joanne's take on it as well. Quick question, if you uh, don't mind. How long did it take them to actually find Mark as well as the other boys? Well, it was, a, I, I think it was about a week. Now, she says as well that they, Andrew changed his court testimony three times. And she also says that Andrew's testimony was hearsay. But when you speak to the retired DA, hearsay is allowed. Where she's getting that hearsay is not allowed, you know, as, as it well, she's saying that his testimony is hearsay. I mean, you listen to what the which she was invited on to, and she don't want to come on to it, she didn't want to come on to it. She was invited to be as part of that group discussion, says a lot when she didn't want to be invited on to it, doesn't it? That that's just not the case. She went into detail about how his testimony was allowed. And, you know, when she said, you know, when she says that, you know, they changed the date of death three times. Well, unfortunately, like the barbarian said, you know, um, we were trying to do our best on, you know, when because, you know, there's, the body had been discovered. Then you've got to sort of backtrack it as best you can do to, you know, when it was when his body was um, dumped into the bay. It all made sense. That it was the day, July 6th. Um, you had some great detectives like Ted Lindquist and Walt Costa that, you know, put a lot of time and, and many others as well. Many others, which we'll talk about in the docuseries that got this down to a T. You know, there, there was a big team involved in this at one point because there's so much evidence. So much testimony.
Even Karen, in the end, remembered him coming back at three o'clock in the morning. What was he doing coming back at three o'clock? You know, going out for fishing? I don't think so. So, um, yeah. Might be, you know, I've, <laughs> I've gone out I don't fishing think so. right after working a couple of times, oh, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, fishing for, for a way to get out of it. Right. He even took Karen on the boat within that week. And she realizes now when they were out in the Part rain, the boat, he was looking for if the body had risen. He was he was just going over his mark, farther, which is um, interesting. See if I can do that. So, if you've got any questions, I could keep Here. going. To me, it might actually whole... act up on me now because I'm pushing it. I mean, because my like, internet. Oh come on! Now I'm gonna have a problem. Uh, maybe I'm going to get her in more. Get that fish eye binning. This is my dream. It's your dream. But you can see the cracks showing when she does the book that she does because it, it she's becoming empowered. There's a, there's, a, there's a change. Now, she could be manipulative. She could be very manipulative. And actually, she's playing both directions where she's going to get the property when he dies. And she's just waiting for that. And or... There's other reasons why she's doing this. So it could be her. It could be two manipulators with each other. And he's the, the largest disease. Or it could be that she's just absolutely, you know, she talks about it, in love with him. I gush, you know, almost when he comes in. I know that he's a captain because, you know, Mark Richards, Captain Mark Richards walking through. You can tell the presence. People forget that his dad was um, uh, in, in the military for a long time. Here's another thing about his dad as well. He talks about all these secret space program missions with his dad, right? Uh, dad was in the wheelchair in the court trial. Dad was with a walker. Has been a, you know, unless he's controlling it from his wheelchair. No, Mark never released any of this until his mum died because even though his mum died of dementia, they would have been so upset with, her, with them doing this. When the year mum's Mark died was the year he sent Joanne to the conference. First conference, mum's dead now. Off you go. Do my bidding. You know? And it's this reinvention of Pendrag and this ability to manipulate people. I guess he's bored, right? I guess. But at the same time, there's something deeper that he's getting from it. Do you know what I mean? There's some kink that he's getting from him. And I now, you know, I, I know people are going to disagree with me, but I do feel sad for her. I do feel sad for Joanne. Um, there's, there's so many holes in this, right? Uh, you know, I think we should do as well, if it's all right with you guys, just watch a little bit of one of my interviews, right? Because yeah, okay. you just get a flavor of the, the quality of people that are coming on and what they've got to say. Now, this is an unedited version of the interview that I was going to get uh, invited Joanne and some of her um, people like Gillian Banks. Gillian Banks is a lady in England that is um, a friend of Joanne Richards and Gillian Banks I think uh, Joanne does her bookkeeping as well that, that's her UK client but I believe that Gillian Banks is uh, channeling uh, Ellis Richard Lloyd Ellis Richard the father of Mark Richards to Joanne quite a bit and she's you know misleading um, Joanne in believing that what the message that's coming through from this channeled message is you're doing great no 
why why is she getting that misleading message from Gillian Banks and other channelers? Well, you know, I guess it's as simple as this. That's what she needed to hear. That's what her soul needed to hear, to carry on, to go as far as possible with this until something breaks, which will be the progression of her soul or the, the expansion of something. Because how is she going to really feel? Look at the pictures on my wall, and I'll put some pictures on this screen of them together. You can see how in love she is and besmitten she is by him. So I don't even want to say anything from that before I play a video. Let's just play a video. Okay, let's just go. I'm just gonna I'm gonna skip bits. Let's just go from the very beginning. Okay. So this is retired deputy DA Edward Barbarian. 42 years. He put Mark away and he was at many of the pro hearings across St. Hoover over the years. I asked him what was it like to meet Ellen Baldwin and what it, this murder did to her and her family. And he talks about it. It was just devastating. Yeah, my my perspective on this is I just want to make sure that the, it's very clear really who Mark Richards is and a lot of this bizarre stuff that I now see that's out there. It's just very strange. In all the cases you've done, what was, it was, what was different about this case? This, this one, just the uh, uh, use of, <laughs> I guess, use of the fantasy tale to try to entice and recruit the people he wanted to help him commit this uh, murder and theft that he ultimately uh, set this thing whole thing up to accomplish. And uh, the way he did it, it, the way that he developed this plot uh, was different than what you see in many uh, cases that you deal with. Thank you. So this is going to, uh, we're going to get back into the case a little bit. This still relates to it, but have you kept up, have you kept up with the, and we want to call it nonsense, um, of what's being posted about Mark Richards currently? Uh, to be honest, no, I have not been following that on a regular basis. It was until your uh, folks kind of reached out to me and, and said, you know, here's what we've been finding. I did, you know, I did some quick Google research to see some of this stuff. And uh, yeah, it's very, it's very strange. Uh, but I was not, you know, regularly every month or year, uh, trying to figure out what Mark Richards was doing. I, uh, he just is a, a very disturbed young man. I mean, not young man anymore, but uh, was a very disturbed young man. Very, I think very narcissistic and uh, compelled to try to uh, accomplish things from a money standpoint that he couldn't do through his own business efforts. And it, the way he got into this was just very strange. Do you recall any evidence forensically linking Mark back to the uh, wrappings that were on the body of Baldwin or any? Well, that's why. The, oh, sorry. Or that, that's why the. I'm sorry. That's why the truck is so important uh, that when they made that contact with the truck, you find in that truck uh, the material that uh, was used to wrap his body. You, you found uh, uh, cable material, uh, duct tape. And we did have. Uh, uh, experts from the California Department of Justice come in and testify about the fact that the, uh, I believe it was the cable, yes. there was a match involved uh, that they could say that cable had been used uh, uh, to wrap the body or secure the uh, the boat 
motor to the body. So that that with Mark, you know, being the one uh, in possession of that in, in that truck, that is a forensic link to him in, in the crime. And there's duct tape too in there because the body was wrapped with duct tape and we did have some uh, work done on that. And the duct tape from a forensic standpoint uh, was, it's kind of like looking at a bullet rifling, you know how you have stripes and things that appear yes. when someone's been shot. Well, you can look at the, the construction of duct tape and it will have unique uh, mm -hmm. patterns as far as the uh, uh, material that's used to in the duct tape roll. And that duct tape roll uh, had the same type of stripe markings that uh, the ones that were found on the body had. So you had that type of a link forensically. In those days, in, you know, was this 1982 or so? Yes. Uh, DNA was not really a a thing that was uh, it was out there. I guess uh, uh, I guess bas basically in Great Britain at that point. Yes, it was. But the uh, uh, but it really was not something that was being used regularly like it is now. So we didn't have that type of DNA material available or even the probably the training or knowledge on how to look for that. I believe there was a bloody poor yeah. poor mark. Oh, yes. Yeah. What what before DNA, what was used was the uh, standard blood typing uh work that can be done when you find a blood sample or body, bodily fluids and you can get ABO typing, things of that nature, as well as some other markers. And what was found at the ball, at the murder scene, which was the classic garage owned by Baldwin on a bumper was the bloody palm print of uh, Hoover. Uh, that was, that was there. His current wife goes on uh, a number of, well, she's been on a number of talk shows. I mean, she continues um, because they don't vet her and they'll just take her on to tell a story. And in most of those shows, she talks about um, Mr. Baldwin being a child pornographer and that Mark found out that he was actually making child porn. I don't believe that was ever in the court case. And as I spoke to Walt, no, that, it, it yeah, wasn't. As I spoke to uh, Detective uh, um, uh Costa, he did say to me that had that had even come up at the time, that would have been in the court case. It would it would have been part of whatever was presented. Uh, we don't try to, you know, your victims come in all shades uh, as to what their characters are like. Uh, that uh, as as horrible as that type of a thing would have been, it would have been something that would have been rolled into the case as part of the material. It would have been obvious if that had come into the case that it would have been something, again, that yeah. can be pointed to that um, Mark Richards would have used. What do you recall of Mum's, sorry, of Mark's mother, uh, Lois? And she, she was an enabler, I think, of him. Uh, she was extremely protective of him. Uh, uh, yeah, that... It's about what I can say. She definitely, uh, I think, was part of Mark's problem with yes. his mother. But uh, that's interesting. And what do you remember of Mark's uh, father in the in the in the court case? Not, not to be honest, not a lot. He was not in physically a very good condition, as I recall at the time. Um, 
you know, one of the things I did pick up in looking at this material that's been floating out here is how Mark is referred to as a naval officer or something. I mean, he captain. was not in the yeah, which is just ludicrous. He was never in the military that I'm aware of. Uh, the uh, now the father was a different. I'm told was a different situation. He did have some military contact. Uh, was a respected military man, I believe, but his son um, Mark was not a captain in the navy by any means. So I don't know where that all comes from. So with his father, then, was he in a wheelchair during the court case? Yeah, that's what I recall, is that he was in a wheelchair. And I really had very little to no contact with him. I believe he had a metal plate in his head as well. Um, from yeah, he could have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. So he was wheeled in by Lois into the court, case, into the court I guess? Yeah, I, I believe he did accompany her or she brought him to court i believe the wheelchair yeah okay because obviously at the uh, mark at the time is saying that uh, you know him and his father were you know uh, there was various missions they were doing abroad and stuff and i i find that difficult to believe in his ill health at that time yeah i would doubt that i just can't believe he was doing anything along those lines now, Joanne states that uh, she has the autopsy photos, or she did have the autopsy photos. And according to her, the photo of Mr. Baldwin where it was wearing the wrong pants at the time the body was discovered. And this could not have been Mr. Baldwin, because anyone that knew Mr. Baldwin knows that he only wore shorts. And when the body was recovered, he was wearing pants. The body was wearing pants. I, I don't know what she's referring to or whether there's any truth to the fact she has autopsy photos. I I don't know anything about that. Joanne um, states uh, that the death of Mr. Baldwin was changed three times. Um, what do you mean by changed three times? Well, she's saying that the death date, I do apologize, the death date of Mr. Baldwin was changed three times. Well, one of the issues was trying to exactly pin down when the actual killing occurred. Uh, the char- as the charging documents usually are, are worded in the sense honor about whatever the date is. Uh, not remember his body was found on a certain day floating, and then trying to backtrack back to when the actual killing occurred. Um, you know that becomes more of a of an, an issue, a difficult issue to say exactly that it was you know July the sixth or July the seventh or uh, in a range. Uh, it was never consciously changed because there was some, you know, nefarious reason to change it. It was trying to be as accurate as we could about when the actual killing occurred. Joanne Richards uses this this term that all the again what, what what she says. I mean, when you look at these other things she claims to be happening, how can you? give her any credibility on anything that she says she talks about something she says that all the all the people involved the kids involved especially had family ties to what she calls the new world order and that the new world order hated mark and you know this was a crime to put mark away as a political crime i've no information that we ever gathered there's anything close to that that existed again richards was manipulating these people uh, they were not, it's not the reverse situation in any way. Absolutely. Um, 
Mr. Aaron Richards claims as well that Andrew's testimony was hearsay and he never witnessed the death of Baldwin. And usually, in, she says, in U.S. courts, you're not allowed to use hearsay testimony in U.S. courts. He could testify and did testify to what he had knowledge of. And hearsay does have exceptions uh, that can be used if, if it goes to what we call admissions. Uh, as to the fact that if Mark was telling them that here's how this murder could happen, uh, those could be statements that now could be retold. They're hearsay in the sense that, you know, Mark's not on the stand telling these things or whatever at the time, but they are exceptions to the hearsay rule uh, having to do with admissions or co-conspirator statements uh, used to uh, accomplish uh, uh, the object of a conspiracy, which would be the killing of, of Richard. I mean, there, there are exceptions. So just a blanket statement that hearsay can't be used in some fashion is not a cre cre uh, correct statement of the law. She also, Ms. Joanne Richards, states that Andrew Campbell, well, sorry, I should just say Andrew, changed his testimony at least three times to suit the, uh, the DA's narrative. I, d I don't, again... I really don't know how to comment on that. He he told what he could recall. He answered questions uh, that he was asked. Could there be inconsistency? Sometimes most witnesses do. Uh, from time to time, there are some inconsistencies. But the substance of what he said um, is strongly supported by all the corroborative evidence. And uh, I don't think there was major inconsistencies that would cast his testimony in doubt as to what he or what happened if mark had served in the military right w uh, that would have been in his in his um in his case in his in his defense wouldn't it i mean well i i would assume as part of what you could I, I don't know if the records are still available or not the probation investigation and reports that would lead to that had to be prepared uh, before final sentence was pronounced and things of this nature they go into backgrounds and check things out like that. I, I have nothing that shows that he was active military um, at the time. Again, his father was. Yes. Uh, but as far as him, no, I, I have no information on that. So when you hear that now that he's going by Captain Mark Richards, and even on the interview, the, the n number of interview shows that that Joanne's doing, um, uh, in where they talk about, you know, or they refer to Mark as Captain. How does that make you feel when you hear that? Well, I think it's disgusting for one thing. And, uh, you know, the Navy, <laughs> I'm sure the Navy, uh, I'm probably not even paying that much attention to what he's doing at the moment. But uh, they would certainly, uh, I would think, uh, find that to be very offensive. A, a naval captain is a high position in their chain of custody. I mean, that's 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 a higher level officer than and just an introductory ensign or something. That's that's somebody that's, you know, been there for a while, has worked their way through the the chain of uh, the chain of command, and a, a naval captain is a, you know, not an insignificant position. Uh, just to let you know that at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum, um, his wife has uh, 
uh, laden honor with uh, Captain Mark Richards okay. and his father. I'm going to go ahead and, and, uh, and pause it there. I just wanted to get uh, that little section here. And I'm, I'm going to share uh, your video in, in the chat. Let me stop the share here. And uh, and then I'm also will make sure that I include it in the description of this video as well. And I encourage you guys to uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Subscribe to Kevin Moore's channel and follow him on this doc docu series because um, there's just so much more um, to, to to come out on this. Um, I, I just like you guys. I, I want to get. I can't believe it. We've almost done three hours. Eh? I know, I know. Uh, you hung in there hard. I'm really proud of you guys. Um, and and uh, I, Jeff, you have a birthday coming up on Saturday. It's Julian. It's Julian. Tomorrow? Julian and I share the same birthday. Okay, but yeah. is Julian in, in? Are you? Is he in the UK? Is that is is, yeah, is he? Yeah, in the yeah. Hey, we're still okay. Now. It's yeah. still six minutes, and then it turns Friday because he said happy birthday tomorrow. You know, he's in the UK, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I see where he said where he cleared all these leaves off of Earth Defense Headquarters. You know, that place is a shambles and no one's there now. I'd like to know who's protecting the earth. You know, the place is just in shambles. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get through this. I, I just want to add as well that I did actually get to meet Andrew in the end. I, it took me a very long time to trace him down. And um, to this day, that murder and his part in it affects him to this day. Um, especially when people close to him find out that he was part of that crime. Um, it causes him um, to have to move sometimes, so it's a number of times, and uh, he's had lots of counseling over it, and uh, it, it's uh, uh, everything he told me over the phone um, just it was what Crossy told me, you know. Uh, so so I was so grateful to meet him, able to speak to him at least, because uh, um, uh, I was just, you know, I just really wanted to know, you know, this one person that could put it all together, you know, what's he got to say? So I, I learned that was important. And uh, just to say this as well, that there were civil cases by Susan Baldwin brought against a lot of the Pendragon boys uh, and including Andrew as well. So mum didn't just stop with the court case. Uh, yeah, no, this, this has affected so many lives, so many lives. And then it gets worse when people like Carrie Cassidy or anybody that gives Joanne a platform to spew this crap. Well, she's done the book now. She's got the book. I mean, that's what's that going to mean? It, I don't know how these people can sleep at night or look them. Well, they're sociopaths, you know. Yes. Mark's a sociopath. I agree with that. I wouldn't consider him a psychopath because a psychopath is more methodical. You know, Crossy's a sociopath. They they react on spur of the moment, on their temper. Or whatever. I mean, you heard that very disturbing confession from Christ. Well, he's he's working on that. I mean, he's been working on that. Yeah, for, but for a long I'm just simply yeah. saying the difference between sociopaths sure. and psychopaths. Sure. Mark didn't think this out. You know, he winged it. And then when the going got tough, who got going? Out on the right. the whole bit. But he, 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 he yeah, that's he even yeah. Of the evidence that ties him yeah. to this and 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 Right. Anybody with half a brain cell <laughs> can see it. You know, yeah. so she can they can go on and denying all they want. They just you know, people are seeing them for what they truly are. He even took Karen out 
uh, a few days after the they dumped the body and he was looking to see if the body had come up but you know to her they're just having a nice little picnic out on the bay you know oh, on God. the boat you know, but he's looking for his mark uh, as, yeah. you know, as 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 you do. So I just yeah, want to say, no, no, yeah, no, that's no. love, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you know you're in the wrong relationship when the guy that you're dating is looking up for the body that he killed while he's taking a picnic on a boat. That's but, but, but of course, every, everything we've watched there, none of it means nothing to Miss um, Richards, and um, except for the uh, the hearsay, and and, and that's a shame. And and, uh, and and you know it's sad that she says there's no evidence linking him to this crime. It, it's chock full of evidence. Yeah, and if you don't look at the crime, you can't. You know, you you see the SSP workers before that. It's just a load of shambles, a load of but, rubbish. And, you know, she's free to yeah. have her opinion, and I'll let her have her opinion. But Absolutely. You know, it's not, what? Unfortunately, in the in what she chooses to believe or not to believe has no effect on reality. There's a question here about Joanne's channel. Does Joanne have a channel? No, she doesn't, but she's got Dragon Hill Books Publishing, which is a publishing company, and she's got EDHQ. Um, I think uh, is it dot, dot net or dot org? I think it, dot org. If you just type in EDHQ Earth Defense Headquarters and Mark Richards, you'll find it. You'll find it. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, both of you doing this with us. Uh, Thank you. Uh, sorry, well, sorry, I should say, I, I sorry to leave both, my cat getting into the, you know, he's oh, like a gosh. child, you know, and this is his, <laughs> this is when he goes crazy. So he's like, he has like this in his mouth. I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, we <laughs> into this way back. I have treats. I'm trying to con him to be quiet. I've got treats here. I've been you'd be, to, you'd like, be like Simon Parks yeah, with all the cats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. I, I should probably end the show here pretty soon because he's well, like, yes, yes. a long time ago, Kevin, one of the things that I, it just cracks me up is because my two daughters were with us when we were down in Marin County. Oh, that's right. Yes. And they're in the back seat, you know, and they're not very old. And uh, we pull up to the marina and Bella asks, what are we doing now? And Say goes, oh, this is where they dumped the body. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? There were times when I forgot that they were there because it was so quiet. (laughs) I was yapping away to you and saying things that, yeah. Yeah, there, there was. I enjoyed all that filming, and uh, and that all that filming, and and much more that I've done. And there's so much more to do to this, and I'm gonna give it the justice it deserves. I want to, you know, it's gonna take time yet, but 2023, I truly believe that that's the end for me for this. And to be quite honest, yes, I'll be doing media interviews after to promote it and everything else, but, but after that. I've got my inter- I've got the ISNN, the International Spiritual News Network, that I want to concentrate on, and I'll be glad to put this to bed. Um, but to see it through, it's just so important for me right now. So that's why we're taking our time to get it right. Well, well I, I thought that DA DA was very, very compelling. Yes. And then to yes. find out tonight on this show about right. I thought you knew yeah. that. Yeah. I, I guess you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Six Sense was saying that when you Google Pen Dragon Cult, this came up number second in the in the listing, this live stream right now. So that's kind of exciting. I think that goes um, private. That's cool. That's well done. Yeah. 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 You know what? Um, thank you, Kevin, and thank you thank for you. for keeping on this. Um, because it's it's really important, I think, because 
a lot of us are in this UFO uh, grouping and community and everything. And then to, you know, pick it apart and find out what's the Absolutely. truth and what's really being scammed. And this is a huge thing. And it's been just covered up like, oh, uh, you know. I know, and, and so it's it's um, yeah. And it's, I thank Jeff. I thank Jeff for bringing the story to me as well because I'm, you know, there, there were times when I was like, you know, I just don't want to do this no more. But you know, um, I don't feel that that way. It, it, I've had a lot going on, but this is. Um, I, I'm very pleased to be. Yeah, I, 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 I've yeah. walked away from it for probably more than the last year. Although we talk from time to time. Yeah. But. Yeah. You know. You know, Kevin told me when we started this over three years ago, three and a half years ago. No. No, five years nearly. No. Almost. No, well, whatever. But he whatever said, is, yeah. you know, I think that when this is finally done, it's going to be totally different than what we know now. Boy, was he right. Hmm. Boy, was he right. You know, and, uh, you know, they were there was a lot of people that expressed interest in it, you know, other clowns in this ufoology, like they thought we were coming after them next or whatever, or tried to tell us what to do, what not to do. Oh, I remember. I'm not going to mention any names, but no, uh, God, Kevin went at this like an animal. Uh, we, they were banking on the fact that this happened so long ago. We would have, Kevin never would have been able to, uh, five years. Okay, Julian. Yeah. I think right. five, five. You know, they, they were banking on most of these people being dead or the yes. witnesses. Yes. Kevin yes. never, I, I didn't even imagine he was going to run down the people he did. I was with him when he ran down Karen Bacon, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, guys, I, I'd hate to like make this party end, but I know, it, I know. But I want to thank Mario's Paco because I think he left at one point, take his medication, and then came back for coffee. So he really hung right, in there yes. for three hours. Thank you for so, hanging in there. Yeah. But um, and I thank you for being here, here, yeah. Kevin and Jeff Reed. Thank you. It's the first time I've I've done I've had you on on the show actually. Um. I'm going to, um, is there any final thoughts, what you guys want to say before we, before I, um, let's start with Kevin, oh, any final, final thoughts. Get this latest stuff out and not let yeah. it die. And, and I think Kevin did a good job with the, with the recordings of Cross End's confession, but more importantly, the, the retired district attorney, uh, Barbarian, uh, that was so compelling. It's just sort of revived my interest. It really yeah. has, and I and I, I double on what Jeff's saying there, but I'll also add, add as well. I hope it's going to be a a docu series of of discernment in this community to you know really, you know, try to hone in on that for people. Just because someone says something, right? How, how does it really feel? And you know, we've lost our some of us our sense of discernment. So yeah, so thank well, you both. Julian says we've been at this five years, and I've been trying to get this somebody to pay attention to this project for five years so i'll put in 10 years 10 years on this <laughs> right well yeah. all right well okay. thank you guys i'm gonna yeah. um i will um say goodbye to um, I, I guess like I, you know this is the first time i've ever like had anybody say goodbye to anybody here <laughs> Um, so you have a nice night now <laughs> <laughs> um okay so um I wanted to go in tonight. 
Okay, kick from studio. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say goodbye to uh, Kevin and 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 uh, Jeff, and then I'm gonna end the show out. Thank, Thank you very much. Um, it's the way it says kick guests. You know, you're kick kick them out of here. All right, they're gone. From the studio. All right. Um, I just wanted to turn you guys on again, remind you that uh, I have written a couple of articles on my blog, and um, I'm gonna pull this up really quick before I go, just to kind of show you. Um, this is. Uh, let's, it's taken a moment. Okay. I'm going to share the screen really quick. Um, just another plug. I have a not my rabbit hole blog and I've done a couple of articles. Um, one of the articles was my final in, uh, my journalism class. Okay. And I did that on Stephen Cambion. So you can read about that here from True Seekers. I also did an article called the Neo Homeless. And this was an essay that I wrote, and I, and I want you to kind of be aware of some stuff about this. Um, I talk about um, homelessness, homelessness from the pandemic, um, the different types of um, programs that have happened for people uh, that were homeless, different lifestyles like van life. And then I also talk about a program that I'm in at my college that helped me out because last year, right before finals, I ended up not having a home and I'm in a um, subsidized housing kind of situation. Um, I am a, a journalism major. I'm looking to transfer to um, digital journalism. It's gonna be where I wanna get my uh, BA at. And um, one way that you can support me here in the channel is to um, RSS feed it, look at the, uh, read it, uh, maybe hit an advertisement because I'm, I'm I have I am on uh, Google's AdSense. I do have something going on with me right now. It's just a little hiccup, but I did have an issue with my uh, financial aid. Uh, I kind of am in a rough spot. Um, so if you do want to uh, donate, or I have a birthday coming up on July 4th. If you want to give me a little birthday gift, um, I'm going to give um, run a little ticker tape here on that. Um, here, so you can kind of see there. Um, also, if you go to my blog um, and you click onto one of the articles, there's a donate button there too, but I've got PayPal, Venmo, um, Cash App. Uh, there's also in the description here. Um, uh, anyway, and I'm also like, I just have a little rough patch until um, August because I'll be tutoring uh, biology anthropology uh, at the college, which I'm really excited. I know it's kind of out of left wing, but um, but I'm actually going to tutor part time uh, because I took biology anthropology last semester and they asked me to, um, to tutor. So, uh, oh, what did I do here? I didn't mean to do that. Um, oh yeah. And then, um, yeah. Okay. I do want this. So I'm going to leave with a little video that I did about this. And, um, and I just want to thank you all for being here tonight. Um, this was a really, I, I, I have been into this topic, um, since I did a show with Kevin Moore uh, about two years ago. So I've been following Kevin's work and I really wanted to give this update about Mark Richards and the Pendragon Society and Carrie Cassidy and all the other scamming things that are out there. Cause we are looking for the truth, right? All right. So good night, you guys. Good morning, actually. Uh, and uh, I hope like your Friday and your, 
holiday weekend here in the United States is, um, is good. Hope you enjoy it. And I have a birthday on Monday. So here we go. We're going to be one year older, but hey, I'm still live, right? That's the main thing. Hi, everybody. I wanted to let you know about my blog site. It's called notmyrabbithole.com. And uh, just recently, I uploaded a new article, a new post. It's actually an essay that I wrote in my English 3 critical thinking class. It was my final at the end of last fall. In the essay, I pretty much cover the homeless situation uh, that we have here in California. And, you know, I guess it applies for other states, too. I also talk about the 7 million people that were going to be potentially displaced and homeless because they couldn't work during the pandemic and the different programs that helped them and how maybe they failed them, too. Right now, uh, I am in a program that I talked about in my essay that I actually am in now at the moment. And so uh, that's in the essay as well. It is a subsidized housing that helps students at the college that I go to. So I will be following up on how successful that program's been in my next blog. I hope that you include my blog in your RSS feed and that you will share it and that you will also tune into my podcast that I have as well. Uh, you can also like me on Facebook at Not My Rabbit Hole. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Twitter, and this is on TikTok. I hope to see you guys soon. Bye.